0: Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast. I'm Justin, your host. Hey, if this is your first time listening, I just want to say thank you first and foremost for being a part of this community and choosing to click here. You know, if you're here, then it means that something sparks your curiosity, whether it be our branding or the messaging or some past guests we've had or the purpose or our mission or our Instagram. It doesn't matter how you made it here, but it's incredibly fulfilling and we are incredibly grateful that you are here. So, now that you're here, most people might be wondering, okay, what's next? And, what's next is this. I'm going to explain what Educated Guess is and what it's going to be and what it's becoming day by day. And it's very simple. It's a virtual art school that's Participates in a transformational educational practice, not a transactional practice. You know, most people go to online education opportunities and they look for an answer, like one answer, a silver bullet to solve everything. And instead, this place is built for the person who wants something that's transformational in nature. So, We have three core pillars that sort of hold up the arc of education for us. The first pillar is the development of the mind. That's called our incomplete thoughts pillar. And secondly, we have the development of the tactics, the tools of the trade, the how-tos, the templates that you'll need to know to run your own studio, to get your dream job, and all these good good things you want to do as creative. That's called our work-study segment. And then lastly, we have our well-read pillar slash segment. And that is all about providing inspiration. And that's what we're sort of historically known for with our guest lectures, people who are running their own studios, people who are already living their dreams and are willing to open the doors and pull back the curtain on what they do and how they do it and how they've gotten to where they are where they are now and where they're looking to go. So all that said, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, then you can Go to educated-guests.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. And also you can go to at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram and talk back directly to us. Um, someone there will respond and we'll keep the conversation going. All those things said, one, one more thing. One more thing is that we are wrapping up the last days of our first capsule garment release. And as you may know, you may have heard me talking about it. It's called Food for Thought. And the benefit of this release is simple. All benefits and proceeds will be going to Jones Valley Teaching Farm in Birmingham, Alabama, another nonprofit that we support. We are a for-profit, but a nonprofit that we support that is incredibly, incredibly radical in a good way for that work they're doing in K through 12 education. So we've had a great great response to the release thus far. Most people are literally chomping at the bit to get their piece and have it show up in the mail. Um, But you could be that person too. So go to the bio in our Instagram at educated underscore underscore guests and click on the link in our bio and learn more about what Food for Thought is. All right, all that said, today we're talking simply about a very common topic, um, but we haven't really touched on it. It's about focusing on what won't change. So what does this mean? This means that a lot of the times, most people will go through life and they'll say, well, we need to be on the cutting edge. Most people understand the importance of being on the cutting edge but in their efforts to always stay one step ahead, they fail to review what history has already taught us. And this isn't history in the sense of knowing all the generals of World War II or knowing all of the empires of, of the Chinese dynasties. Like That's not the history I'm talking about. While important and interesting, there are lessons to be gleaned from all of those um less all those historical moments, but I'm talking about the history of business practice, the history of marketing practice, the history of artistic practice, and most importantly, the history of how industries change. Um, I think as artists and as designers, the most important quality that we often overlook is our ability to understand consumer behavior um, a lot of people who are applied artists, whether those be architects, designers, product designers, software designers, you know, graphic designers, it doesn't really matter what you are or what you, title you uh, you, know, you accept, this, the mission is the same. The mission is to connect the manipulation of light, i.e. graphic design or light waves or the manipulation of sound waves, i.e. sound design, or video design, or soundtrack design, um, for the purpose of emitting some emotional reaction from a consumer so that they feel at home in purchasing something. That's the purpose of applied arts. And in doing so, a lot of things often get confused. People sell you back your, people try to strip your confidence from you, from what you already know is true about the world, and try to sell it back to you in the form of, you know, product, sell it back to you in the form of luxury, sell it back to you in the form of exclusivity, of class, classism, all these different things. But the truth is you already know what the truth is. So as we talk today about focusing on what won't change, our hope is simple. Our hope is that you leave with a clear understanding of at least two to three takeaways that you can walk with Throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your year, so that you can have clarity in the midst of chaos and understanding simply what will change and what won't change. So, the first thing that you need to understand, and the first thing that we were to be mindful of with regard to your business as a creator, as a service provider, is to start with the offering. And we've talked about this before in the, I believe, the do-it-yourself marketing plan, the three-step marketing plan lecture. But I want to return here to simplify what we mean by the offering. A lot of people get caught up in whether or not they have a studio, an agency, a consulting firm or a firm or whatever, the end of the day the truth, the simple practice remains true since the beginning of time. As a business, you are either offering a product or a service, a product or a service. And in this designation, people try to confuse things by saying, well, what about software as a service? What about, you know, customer as a service or any of these SaaS or any of these AS, AAS you know, offerings, you know, product as a service, any of these things. Um, at the end of the day, what they're they're trying to blend the lines between a product and a service because services are tough to scale because you can't scale twenty four. There's only twenty four hours in a day, and the value of efficiency on those twenty four hours is always going to be limited um, by human behavior as we currently exist. So what you want to do is define clearly what your product is and what your service is and don't overcomplicate it. Just start there. So that's the offering. That's part one takeaway. If you ever get confused about whether or not you want to, like what your value is, what you're providing, who you're providing to, who you're selling to, all these different things that all these blog posts try to sell to you, always come back there. Think like a, like a cave person, if you will. And there's a lot to be learned and gleaned from prehistoric times because people have been offering transactions and the economics have existed in different forms since the beginning of time. So it's important that you you remember that. Takeaway number two, and I think we'll stop here. Takeaway number two is pretty simple. Now that you understand what product or service you're offering it's important that you understand the industries that won't change, the industries that won't change. Now, I want to be very clear about this, that industries are not at all um, axiomatic, meaning no one source of truth of all industry exists anywhere. You can go to any consulting firms, website, the you know, McKinsey's, the Baines, the BCG's, the Deloitte's, the whatever, and they'll try to define and talk about industry in a certain defined way, but you'll notice the nuanced differences of how they're all categorized. So to say that you're in the health and beauty industry, or you are a specialist in the, um, let's say outdoors and activities industry, well, it's important that you understand the other names for that industry and the connecting nodes of those industries, because the lines are being clearly blended. If you if I were to ask you what industry is Beyonce in, you would have no clue because, oh, well, she just released a film. Is She in the film industry. Oh, well, she? I mean, she went on tour. Is that like the touring industry? Is this the entertainment industry? Is she is she an entertainer? Because she's a businesswoman, too. You know, what about her fashion? Like, is, is she a stylist or is she is a model? Like, what is she? And the confusion there just gives way to, again, a lack of confidence. So what we're here to do is to restore that confidence in a new form that's both scalable and repeatable. So repeatability and scalability is what we're all about. And if you can go into the future knowing what those methods of scalability and predictability and repeatability are, then you're going to be set up to win and there's no way you could lose so what happens next is this i'm going to give you a few examples of industries that don't change and some examples of how to predict and we've gone through this in a past lecture with scott belski before how to predict the repeatability of innovation okay so a couple of industries that you'll want to pay attention to in the future that will not change are these. Kids and games. People are going to continue to reproduce. People are going to continue to become parents. And as far as you can see into the future, there will be kids who want something cool and parents who are willing to pay for a certain security of safety, a certain reassurance of quality of certain certain reassurance of, you know, repeatability of usability, of status, like people are willing to pay for those things. And it's important that, you know, how that industry is marketing itself, how that industry is changing and how it's existed since the beginning of time. So in addition to kids and games, you have to understand that people will continue to buy homes, people for better or for worse, people will need some place to live. So as a result, You don't necessarily have to be in the business of designing or helping real estate businesses or real estate developers, but if you can become an expert or a pseudo expert, or at least a a savant on home and garden, then people are always going to be looking for that. In the best of times and in the worst of times, people want to take care of the spaces that they live in. So pay attention to home and garden. And there's literally an entire TV channel dedicated to Home and Garden. Do you don't you think that there was a significant amount of market research done before they even invested in an entire TV channel for Home and Garden? I think so. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to fitness. People already know this. Pay attention to fitness because people are going to want to take care of themselves. And it's growing, and there's a huge demand for it because. People are now exposed to more information about the possibility of increasing your longevity. You know, all things being considered, people want to take care of themselves and they want to be around to enjoy the fruits of life and to enjoy the spice of life for as long as possible. So pay attention to fitness. Um, Anything to do with beauty or, you know, wellness around just how you look. I think that for better or for worse because high quality you know photography has been commoditized you know before you had to have a, have a DSLR and before that you had to have a dark room to develop your film to capture imagery at such a um, at a different at a different clip but now what's happening is that you're able to capture capture photos at such a rate, high quality photos at such a rate that everyone is wanting to overvalue how they look so that they can show up in their photos well. Um so beauty, skin appearance. You know, look at the Kardashians, look at actually Kanye's most recent move and applying for a trademark and LLC for Yeezy Beauty or uh, easy cosmetics or something like that people care about what they look like and for better or for worse, what I would like to see out of everyone from this community is if you're looking to specialize in a certain industry or go after a certain client base as a service provider or even develop a product, this is an industry to pay attention to because you you can be the one to offer body positive, again, from expression to impact. We keep talking about that. It's not about just simply getting in the beauty industry because that's where the money is. It means that this industry isn't going to change. For until as far as you can see into the future, people are going to care how they look. So it's very competitive, but the new perspective that could be offered is one of body positivity, of different hues, of highlighting different skin tones, of making sure that people feel beautiful and whatever their skin is and if you can tell those stories better than the next person then people will continue to come to you and then lastly i want to draw attention to you know just simply the industry of like electronics um i know that's you know we call it electronics talk tech we call it um you know SaaS, anything like that so i mean at the end of the day a lot of the innovations driven by you know moore's law And it's going to continue to, the the exponential growth of technology is going to continue to to happen. Um, And as people, as technology becomes more and more accessible in all different arenas, you're going to start to see, you're going to start to see this rapid, rapid um, integration between this category just pretty much disappearing. We see it with IoT as like Internet of Things, but at the end of the day, um, you're going to pay attention to this category of consumer electronics for a little bit longer, whereas entire industries are pretty much consolidating into devices. So think about it from a phone perspective, and it's often talked about in this way, for example. Your phone, if you have a smartphone, if you think about all of the different apps on your smartphone, then it's important to consider that all of those apps used to be storefronts. Your phone. I mean, excuse me, your your camera on your phone. Your measuring stick, if you have an iPhone. Your music player, or that's Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal or what have you. SoundCloud. All these used to be different storefronts. iTunes used to be Coconuts or Best Buy or Circuit City or one of those. And... Further in the future, I mean, further in the past, they used to be record stores. So as you can see, things are gonna continue to consolidate into singular devices. So it's not really gonna be that you could become the best marketer of consumer electronics. Instead, you need to be the best marketer of a lifestyle around the electronics. And that's what I'm hoping for this community to be very well aware of as you go into your practice as a designer, your practice as an artist, start to recognize these trends. And um, so that's that. And the second part I told you I would would talk about is how to predict scalability of um, innovation, how to predict innovation. And if you if you're familiar with um, sort of the brief history of the future or a brief history of technology, then it kind of all dates back to the steam computer. I'm not sure what year it was exactly created. Um, let's call it 19th century. I'm believing it was 19th century, roughly. Um, and in the Steam in the Steam computer, there are these three layers that were initially created, right? There's three layers. You had the storage layer, you had the processing layer, and then you had the display layer, the interaction layer. And this isn't a necessarily like... Um, Crash Course on Technology. This is just a brief exp- you know, explanatory, expository message on how to predict innovation and how to show that things really don't change. So, if you think about something like um, any new app that's developed, or Alexa, or Google, you know, Home, or Apple, let's talk about that specifically. So the thing that's consistent from the time of the Steam computer all the way now, all the way to now where we have a, a, a fight for the voice controller is that innovation is really aimed at one of those three categories. As you bring a new product to the market, your marketing strategy is really to highlight which one of those three categories you just improved upon, and if not, If you have nothing that's improved upon the last thing, you won't win. This is the basics of product development. So if you go at it from a standpoint of saying 2006, 2000, yeah, 2006, when the iPhone first came out, the iPhone's claim to fame, or even further back, the iPod first coming out, Steve Jobs' claim to fame was, you have your entire record collection in your pocket. And if you go back and look at his old keynote addresses, you'll see directly where he's drawing attention to that. So that is an innovation at the storage layer. And as storage becomes more accessible, numbers start getting bigger in that respect. And now you're seeing with voice controllers and voice assistants that there's not too much. I mean, there's a little bit of innovation in the storage layer but really what we're, we're talking about is the interaction layer. How easy is it to talk to the voice controller? That's the competition. Because if you want market control on this product, if you want market, um, a large share of the market, then you need to make it as easy as possible to talk to this product. That's been the problem with Siri is that Siri for the longest has been incredibly difficult to talk to. And some people love Siri, some people don't. But as you talk to Alexa, as you talk to Google Home, as you talk to Siri, you realize that a lot of these things are competing on the interaction layer and not really the storage, not really the processing layer. It's not really how fast they can comb through. If, if that were the case, then it's probably Google that would win that just because mm-hmm. their sheer um, amount of data on you know, in their servers. So it's important to consider these things as, because as a designer, as a creative, as an artist, as an applied artist, you're going to have to be the ones to, again, use your, use your skill, use your unique way of seeing the world to tell stories about how the world is changing. And if you don't understand how the world is changing and how to predict the future, then how in the world do you expect to explain it? So all that said, my hope is simple. Our hope is simple, is that we start to think differently about the way we're approaching our careers. We start to think differently about the way we're approaching projects of the future. We start to think differently about the way that we are um, predicting the future, explaining the future, interacting with the future. And as creators, as artists, as designers, we are we have a big role to play in how the future is interpreted and how accessible it is, how inclusive it is, how exclusive it is? What are the new terms of luxury? Like all these things we have a hand to play. And that's why we want to move from expression, just simply putting a t-shirt out so that people can hear, hear then see that you're creative. Being creative is no longer enough. It's now most important to have an impact. So how is your, how is your creativity being applied to tell a better story about the future? So if you like this sort of content, if you like this sort of information, If you wanna talk back directly with us, then you can reach out in two ways, two ways. So first and foremost, I highly recommend, if you're open-minded to email newsletters and stuff like that, then subscribe to our email newsletter. We don't bother you a ton. We're not a real big proponent of email, mostly because we don't like email ourselves, but we do think it's an incredible way to interact with one another on a one-to-one basis and we highly recommend that our newsletter is better than others so check that out that's at educated-guess.com and you can go again educated-guess.com if you missed me saying that the first time and also the second way to interact with us is to simply talk with us at educated underscore underscore guests on instagram and we will have someone talk to you there and we'll keep the conversation going looking forward to it thanks so much for your attention and your curiosity we will talk to you very soon all right peace